tonight. How many would have a need? You want to make it known to him? Amen. Father, Lord, we come to you tonight, Lord, so thankful we serve a living God. Lord, we're not bowing our heads, Lord, to an idol made of wood or gold or whatever kind of metal or, or stone. But, Lord, we're bowing our head to a living God, a God who's able yet to answer by fire, a God who's able, yes, more than able. Lord, tonight we just ask that you would come and you would meet these needs, Lord, these hands that were lifted up. We ask, Lord, you would just speak to hearts, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts to take another step, to go a little further, Lord. Lord, we're truly in a dark time and a dark age, and Lord, there's darkness everywhere, but Lord, we're given a promise, the evening time it shall be light. We're thankful for the light that's been given to us, Lord, that we can see who we are and where we came from, where we're going to, Lord, and the direction, the path that we're on, Lord. We're so thankful for that. We just commit this service in your hands, Lord, everything to be said and done. Be pleasing to you, Lord. We love you with all of our hearts. Lord, truly in this time, Lord, as we just went through as a nation, Lord, pausing for a moment of thanksgiving. Lord, they don't even hardly pause to speed right through it. But Lord, we truly are thankful. We're thankful for all that you've done in our lives. Where would we be without you, Lord? Where would we be, Lord, without the anchor that holds, Lord, without the pilot who guides? Where would we be without you, Jesus? Lord, we're thankful for your touch in our lives. We just ask, Lord, you just open your word to us, Father. Speak to us, we pray. Lord, those that are sick among us, let the healing virtues of Calvary begin to flow. Lord, those that are bound, Lord, let the deliverance, Lord, the angel of God step down into the prison cell and set the captive free. Lord, those that are in, in traveling tonight or have other needs, whatever situation it is, Lord, may you be merciful to them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3. Amen. It's good to be with you again in the house of the Lord. Amen. I just was getting a text from Brother Jeremy Schreiner. Um, he's in Hong Kong right now, flying back uh, from being overseas there. And uh, him, Brother Mike Price, I believe Brother Mike Price is coming in this evening. He's coming home tomorrow, be home tomorrow evening. But he said to thank you for the prayers and and the Lord really moved in a lot of situations and and he's just very excited for all that God's done. And we're excited. Amen. Amen. It's good to know that no matter where you're at, God's God. And he's God over every situation. I want to just look at a scripture I've been pondering for some weeks and thinking about Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. This is actually picking up in the middle of a prayer that Paul is praying. He says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. We'll let you be seated. Paul, in this prayer, as we picked it up in the middle, he starts this, with this verse with now. 
And I, I like how he done that. He said that because it's not just yesterday, but it's now. We know we serve a God who is now. Amen. A God who is able even now. And, I, and as, as I read this scripture, it just popped out to me as I was reading the other day. And it says, now unto him that is able. And that, that gives me great assurance to know I serve a God who's able. He's able even now. No matter what the situation that you're in, no matter what the problem that you're going through, he's able even now. You know, he, he asked Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? And you can read on in the Bible, Jeremiah answers and he says, there's nothing too hard for thee. Amen. There's no promise that is too hard for God to keep. And this is what we have been on for some time, the promises of a, in the Bible. And there's so many that's there. Some say 30,000 promises that's in the Bible. Uh, but, you know, he said there's no promise too hard for God to keep. There are many promises, and, but God will keep every one of his promises. If God made the promise, he will not lie. There's, and so there's no promise that's too hard for him. So there's no prayer too hard for God to answer. Jesus said in Matthew 21 and verse 22, he said, all things and all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe him, you shall receive. And when you ask in prayer and believe, you'll receive. So there's no problem too hard for God to solve. God specializes in things that seem to be impossible. We as men and what we see and uh, as human finite beings, we may look at a situation and say it's impossible, but God dwells in the impossibilities. And God's able even now, you know, as Paul would say this, he would say that even now he is able to do exceedingly abundant, above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So there's a power that works on the inside of you. So he can do for you as the faith that works on the inside of you. Faith is the power. Faith is the power that releases. The, faith is the instrument that releases the power of God to you. If you can have faith to believe for healing, then there's healing for you. If you can have faith to believe that God can save you, then there's salvation for you. If you can have faith to believe that God can save your children, then there's salvation for them. Amen. If you can have faith, that faith is the power that worketh on the inside of you. And as you believe the word of God and you hear the word and, and you begin to believe the word, it releases the power to fulfill the word. Amen. So there's, so there's no problem too hard for God to solve. There's, that God specializes in things that seems impossible. Now, God may not solve your problem the way you want him to solve it, but there's no problem too hard for God to solve. Hallelujah. So that means also there's no person too hard for God to save. Hallelujah. Amen. You know yourself as hard as you was and how hard it was for you to give over, but there's no person too hard to save. God can save anyone that'll come to him. Amen. So we look at a God who is able. So that puts a question in our hearts this evening. If God is able, what are we scared about? Come on, somebody. If we're worried tonight, but we serve a God who's able, why are you worried? If you're scared about something and you don't know, why are you scared about it? If you truly serve a God who's able. If you can look at your God and judge him to be faithful. 
Judge him to be faithful in your behalf that no matter what you're going through, no matter what the situation you are in, there's no need to be scared about. He says, listen here, my weary brother. The Bible said Jesus was a lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. He said, oh, how my heart burns this evening. How this gives me hope. That way back before the foundation of the world, said when Satan perverted to evil, God being infinite, looked down through the stream of time and saw by his foreknowledge, if he don't know all things, you have a limited God. So if you're saying that he don't know what you're going through, you have a limited God. If you're saying he's not able, even now you have a limited God. And it ain't God that's limited, you have limited God. But if you'll take the shackles off of him by believing that all things are possible, then God can move on your behalf. But God is unlimited. He is unlimited in power. He's he's unlimited in knowledge. He's unlimited in grace. He's unlimited in mercy. He's unlimited in salvation. He's unlimited in healing. This God don't have limits. But let the faith begin to work in your life. That it may seem dark, it may seem impossible, but let God arise and your enemies be scattered. God is unlimited. He can do abundant, exceedingly abundant. This this word exceedingly is beyond measure. It's humanly impossible to understand. It's humanly impossible. It's a number. You know, we can come with you. You ever hit a number and you do like a thousand times a thousand so many times and your calculator says, look, I'm done, buddy. I can't go no further. Listen, God can go so much further and blow your little peanut brain. And you're expecting him to do one thing and God comes another way. You're expecting him to answer one way and God does something different. But is God still showing I'm unlimited and I can do exceedingly abundant? Amen. He's unlimited. God's power is unlimited. He said when Satan done evil, because Satan had in his mind what was going to do, God saw that he could counteract it. And the Bible said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God in the beginning. He said in the eternity before that, before there was time we're talking about, eternity, you know, it talks about a circle that never ends, but Satan put a break there, and he broke that circle, and he brought a little spot here we call time. But God's seen it already, and he made a way through that time. He was in the beginning, the word, the word of thought expressed. God began to see. He began to see every human being that would ever come on the earth. He saw every bird. He saw every flea. He saw every fly. He saw everything. Way back in the beginning, he seen there were some people who was going to desire to be saved. Oh, hallelujah. He saw some people that would desire to be saved. He saw some who would want to be saved. Some people that would be loyal in the heart. They wanted that salvation. And he made a preparation for their salvation or they'd never be saved. He knows that anything imperfect cannot come to heaven. So he made a way where there seemed to be no way. And then he comes and he says, be thou perfect as, though, as your God is perfect. And he said, here in this mangled body, beaten, bruised for sin, he brought perfection upon us. Hallelujah. And brought it to the place where he could say in Romans 8 verse 1, there is now therefore no condemnation. 
He says they don't care what the world says or what anybody says, even what their family says. They're walking in the Spirit of God. But he brings it on down. He said, by God, by foreknowledge, and put your caps on and open your heart. The Bible said Jesus was a lamb slain where? Before the foundation of the world. He did, Jesus didn't come and just die a haphazard death. He never come and said, well, maybe somebody have pity and see the way I died. And then they would come. No, God don't run his business like that. He knows exactly what's going to take place. That's where he could foresee. He already knew exactly. And he's not willing that any should perish. Therefore, he has abundant grace because he don't want anybody to perish. He knows who will and he knows who won't. You can rest assured, if you received God and been filled with the Holy Ghost, you're anchored to your eternal destination. He said, watch, the Bible said, Jesus, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world was ever laid. He said, I act funny up here sometimes, but he said, I feel glorious. Jesus was slain before there was ever a first speck of dirt laid. Jesus was already slain because God, by his foreknowledge, he perceived the thought And it was good, and he said, it shall be done. 4,000 years later, he came and paid that price. And he come, all devils in hell couldn't keep him from coming. God had already spoke it. So if you already spoke a lamb to come and take the sins of the world, and he's already spoke all these other promises in the Bible. He's already wrote them out there. All devils in hell can't keep them from coming to pass. Amen. All right, hang on for a minute. He said, believers, have you got your joy shoes on? How many believers we got here tonight? Check your shoes. You got your joy shoes on. He says, listen, if you're a Christian, if you're truly God's child, he said, that's not the preacher saying that. That's the Bible. It said your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Before the foundation of the world, amen, the same time that Christ the slain, he wrote your name there. There you are. And he, did, and he said he deceived all, great, small. So many were church members, pretending Christians, the, 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 Satan came along to see. But he, he would deceive them all, but he could not deceive those whose names were written there. And he brought abundant grace. Abundant mercy. Mercy is so great sometimes. Listen, this message is not about a bunch of rules and regulations. This message is mercy and grace. Amen. You know, people look at it a bunch of rules and regulations. They're looking at it the wrong way. It's mercy. It's mercy that keeps you from walking out there and being a prostitute. It's mercy that keeps you from going out there and being sons of the devil. It's mercy and grace. Amen. He said, so the question comes again, when we see all this mercy and the way he's fashioned and he's done and he's brought the perfect sacrifice and he's fulfilling promises. And we, he says, it comes again, what are we worried about? He said, why are we going along looking like this? Well, I just wondered. So I'm just going to, I don't know how, there's not a video, so I don't know how he was. But the next statement was, he says, lift up your head. So why are you going around looking down? 
worried and distressed and tore up about things. And do you not know your God's big enough? Do you not know he's able yet even now? Amen. We serve a big God. Amen. He says, why are you going around like this? Well, lift up your heads. Lift them up. Let the weak say, I'm strong. For the gospel is being delivered, the good news. He says, what is happening? God is pouring out his abundant mercy and grace. Hallelujah. This God is abundant. I want to talk about this abundance. It's abundant. He has abundant grace to save us. Romans 5 and verse 20 says, Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Grace was more abundant. Oh, there's a lot of sin in my life. Well, there's a lot of grace. There's a lot of wickedness, Lord. I don't know how this is going to turn out. God's got a lot of grace. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Can somebody say much more? Amen. It says also he's abundant to pardon, to forgive us. Isaiah 55 in verse 7 said, let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Oh, that your sins be as scarlet, be made white as snow. How many can testify he is abundant in pardon? He can abundantly pardon. I was a wretch. I was a wicked sinner. I was lost and undone. But God, rich in mercy, abundantly pardon. Amen. He has abundant satisfaction to fill us. Psalms 36 and verse 8 says, They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, that's what Thanksgiving's about, right? We get abundantly satisfied. We've got the sayings in the South, I'm full as a, a dog tick. <laughs> I'm so full, I, this, that, you know. It's, but what about being abundantly satisfied on the goodness and mercy of Almighty God? He has abundant peace. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses. This word is abundant. It's, there's many times in, in the scriptures that it's actually, it's, it sounds like super, but it's hooper. That's it. It's like over the top. Right. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you ever been overwhelmed by God? To where you don't know what in the world is going on, but God is just pouring himself out. Amen. Brother Brown was saying in certain places, he said, I'm looking tonight for the exceeding abundant. I'm looking, in other words, I'm looking for God to overwhelm us. I'm looking for God to do things that I haven't even thought about him doing. Beyond my human conception and my human understanding. Beyond what I can ever think or ask. 
surpasses all understanding. John 10 and verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and they, that, ha- that, that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Not just barely make it. Not just be survivors. You know, we're not going to, I don't want a t-shirt that says I survived Laodicea. Yeah, how many seen those t-shirts? I survived Katrina. I survived the hurricane. It used to be when a hurricane come years ago through Arcadia. You've seen people walking around with t-shirts. I survived the hurricane in 2000, whatever it was, or 19, whatever. I survived. I'm not interested in just surviving. And God is not interested in you just surviving. God wants you to have life and life more abundantly. So if he gives you joy, he wants you to have abundant joy. If he gives you peace, he wants to overwhelm you. If he puts grace upon your life, he wants to put so much grace there, sin don't know what to do with it. Give me a little more here, Brother Tim. Colossians 1 talks about abundant power. It's a power to energize. 111 says, strengthen with all might. It's the same deal. All might. It's abundant might. According to his glorious power. For all patient and long-suffering with joy. He talks about abundant kindness. To console us during our difficult times. He says in Nehemiah 9 and verse 17. They refused to obey. They were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks. And in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return unto their bondage. But you are God. Ready to pardon. Hmm. Ready to pardon. Gracious and merciful. Slow to anger. Abundant in kindness. And did not forsake them. Come on somebody. Amen. If God didn't forsake them. Then there was his children. His natural seed. How much more will he not forsake you? Psalms 130 and 7. Talks about. Abundant redemption. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy. Hmm. And with him is plenteous or abundant redemption. (laughs) So he's got enough for you and your offspring. (laughs) They killed a lamb for a house. He's abundant in redemption. He goes to the vilest of sinners, to the darkest of streets, to the darkest of places. Amen. We wouldn't have to go very far in testimonies this morning to see, or this evening to see just how dark, how far the dark places he can go. They're sitting right here in this building right here. Places that you were found in some dark places and conditions, but he had abundant redemption. Hallelujah. He's abundant in loving kindness. Jonah 4 and verse 2 said, He prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God. 
slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, or of great kindness, and repentest thy thee of this evil, or one who relents from doing harm. Slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness. Mercy. He's overwhelming you. He's not just got loving kindness, he's got abundant loving kindness. He's abundant mercy. First Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible. We're talking about mercy. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and it don't fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God. Take that devil. What's keeping you in your moments tonight? What's been keeping you in the hardest trial? The power, the abundant power of Almighty God. Second Peter 1 and verse 10 says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall, not, you shall never fall. For next verse. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you. What's that word? For an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Unto the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. So we're not just getting a t-shirt that says I survived. You're, you're, you're an overcomer. Not just a survivor, an overcomer. So a God that is able, I'll read this now and amplify it again. This able is to have the power by virtue or inherent ability and resources. So he's, a, he's able because it's he himself that does it. He's not relying on anybody else, it's he. He said, I swore by myself because I could swear by no greater. So he's putting his name on the line. And the Amplified, it says, now unto him who by in conscience of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. <laughs> so not just abundantly, super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think indefinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Indefinitely beyond it. Indefinitely beyond your prayer. Whoo, Jesus. There is a power that is working that goes beyond your human abilities and your human motions and your human emotions and your human thoughts and thinking and your power of your brain. It goes way indefinitely beyond it. It's a number that's incomprehensible. You can't do it as a human. He's able. This word able means he's continually able. (laughs) 
So in Romans 4, we're going to talk about Abel for a moment. In Romans 4, we're talking about Abraham. He says, fully, he being fully persuaded that what he has promised, he was able to perform. Hallelujah. Romans 16 and verse 25 says, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. In other words, he has the power, the ability. He's able to establish you. Jude 1 and verse 24. I love this one right here. This is a good black eye for the devil. You've been worried about falling. You've been worried about giving up. You've been worried about not making it. You've been, the devil says it ain't for you. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Woo, you got your joy shoes on. To him that is able to keep you from falling. And to present you faultless. Hallelujah, this God is able that when you go to fall, he's there to catch you. And to pick you back up. Why? He's going to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. They didn't fall when the devil said they was. They didn't give in. They didn't give up. There was a power that worked on the inside of them. As abundantly as beyond measure, it's very high, exceeding over and above, more than is necessary. <laughs> oh man, he's got enough mercy, it's more than it's even necessary. You got enough blood, it's more than necessary. You got enough grace, it's more than necessary. Further, Superior, surpassing. And when we see how big our God is, why are we scared to ask him for things? I want to go through a few. Brother Branham talking about big things. He says, you can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. You got your joy shoes on. You can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. <laughs> he said, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. He wants you to bother him that way. Don't ever, don't never think that you could ever ask too much of God. I believe the scriptures you have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. He wants us to ask and believe so that our joy will be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. Ask for big things. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get on out here to some other kind of faith. Move out and grab a hold of the big things because the big things are as easy to receive as the little things. Oh, glory to God. The big things are as easy to receive as the little things. Don't limit your faith. Let your faith loose. 
to grab a hold of the promises of God and say, tonight, I'm asking because I believe. And I don't believe in my abilities. I believe in a big God. Hallelujah. Amen. You just have to believe. You got faith. Use it. It'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be all right. You can put it to work. It'll be just fine. Could you imagine talking about exhausting God's love, exhausting his power and his beneficiary to you? Could you imagine how a little fish would be out in the middle of the ocean and say, wait a minute, I better consider I might drink the water up sparingly because I might run out someday. He could never do it. And that would be more easily done than you to ask too much of God. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life. Whatever you have need of, ask him and believe it. He provided it in the redemptive blessings when he died at Calvary. And he gave you the promise. Receive the promise. It's yours. You ask and believe. Could you imagine a little mouse? He says about that long. Under the great gardeners of Egypt. Now, wait a minute. I better not eat too much. Maybe two grains a day. I might run out. He said, that's the way people act as Christians. Get up in the morning. Say, God bless my family. Keep us close. I've done my religion for the day. He said, I just like to lay down in them promises and drink them in. Hallelujah. Just have a real spiritual gastronomical jubilee. Listen. If some of you would eat as much here at church as you did at Thanksgiving, y'all would be a lot further down the road. Amen. Natural. We just pile it all in. We got chocolate. Got to have this. We got to have everything. That ought to be the way you come to church. Come with your appetites. Come expecting God to do something. When you walk in the door, say, God, I'm looking for you to do the exceeding abundant. Not just the abundant, not just a good service. I'm looking you to go beyond all of that. Amen. Oh, we believe in gluttons. <laughs> what about spiritual glutton? What about digging in with everything you got? I wonder how many of you looked at the clock about 30 or 45 minutes into your meal on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I didn't. Ain't none of you did. Unless it was horrible food. I don't know about that. But if it was good eating... You wouldn't worry about the time. It was good fellowship. You wouldn't worry about it. Matter of fact, you're like, how did this day go by so fast? I was having so much fun. Where's another piece of pie? That ought to be our same attitude when we come to the house of God. If it ain't, something's wrong somewhere. Something stopped up somewhere. But if there's, there should be a spiritual appetite that if you know, we ain't just 45 minutes or an hour and a half or two hours in the service like, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm ready to go. Listen, something's wrong somewhere. You ought to be saying, I want another piece of pie. I want another promise. I want another word from the Lord. I want more of what he has. 
when they crossed Jordan, he says, talking about Elisha and Elijah, Elisha asked for a double portion of the Spirit. Woo. That ought to be our desire every time we come. Lord, give me more of you. Elijah said, you ask a great thing. But he said, see, God wants us to ask for big things. <laughs> I love this. My God, he don't run out of blessings up there. You can't ask too much. The Bible wants us to ask for big things. Not to be satisfied. Lord, yeah, I belong to a church. I, that's enough. I, I do. That's enough. I, I, I want to do it. I want great things, Lord. Well, Lord, by his grace, his brother Branham, he said, I want great things, Lord. Lord, by your grace, I claim a million souls for Christ. In my own individual ministry, a million souls are better. I'm not satisfied with that. I want two, three, four, five. However in the Lord's God, I want them all. You've got to keep going as long as I, I got to keep going as long as I got breath and energy to move. I got to keep going because this is the only time I've got. This might be my last opportunity and I want to give all I got. He says another one, don't be afraid to ask big things. God wants you to ask big things. He don't want you to be little petty and juvenile. Ooh. He wants you to ask big things that your joy may be full. He talks about the power. This is where Paul tied it to, the faith. He said there's enough power that's in us right now. He said right now we're in the power of the resurrection. We're in the power of heavenly places. He said there wasn't a law. Sons and daughters of God would go and create them a world out there and live a private life on it. He said but there's a law there. You could speak a world into existence and go live on it. That's what kind of power is in the church now. Shoo. Hello, somebody. Think about that. Let there be. Your words go out and perform a world and you go live on it. That's exceedingly abundant. More than I can ever think or ask. But he said that's the power that works on the inside of a believer. If that power will go create a world, how much more will that power save, heal? Because there's laws for that. There's a law that says, by his stripes, you're healed. There's a word that's been written, by his stripes, you're healed. So release the faith. It'll do what it said it would do. There's a, there's, there's a law that says exceeding joy and exceeding grace and exceeding mercy and all these things, loving kindness and, and uh, uh, an entrance, all these things. Release the power. Let it go. Speak to your mountain. Start speaking to your mountain. Start, start exercising that faith muscle and letting it go. Quit hindering it. Quit saying, well, I don't know. I don't know if God will do this. I don't know. Let it go. He says, the law is not keeping a bunch of commandments. 
This law I'm talking about is faith. All things are possible to them that believe. And if you can believe it, whatever God will lead your soul to believe, it's yours. <laughs> he says, when you're saved, God gives you faith to rise from the muck of the earth. Your faith overcomes the things of the world. What is your faith? Your faith is that act that God has did in you to make you a son of God. You quit your lying. You quit your stealing. You quit your drinking. Your faith rises up above it. You don't want to do it. You've done all you want to do. And by faith you're saved. As much as your faith will be released, that's how much power you can have. Because in you dwells the power to make heavens and earth. God dwells in you. How many believers we got here tonight? God dwells in you. You are sons and daughters of God. There you are. It's your faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. I love this. He said, see, God isn't weak in one place and strong in another. If you've got a little shadow of God in you, just a little speck of God, you've got all power. You've got enough power in you to make a world and go live on it. But of course that power is controlled by faith. Let faith loose. I studied today, I was looking at the accounts I just want to read one for a moment. We can turn to John chapter 6 and verse 5. This is one miracle that Jesus did that is written in all four Gospels. There may be more, but found them in all four Gospels. And actually, Matthew, Matthew gives two separate accounts of this miracle. One was 4,000, one was another was 5,000. One was five loaves of bread, one was seven loaves of bread. Matthew says he'd done it twice. But all four gave accounts of this. But we're talking about exceedingly abundant. So when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come unto him. And he said to Philip, when shall we buy bread that they may eat? And this he said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Ooh-wee. Oh, yeah. God brings you to a place to prove you. Because he already knows what he's going to do. He's just looking to see what you're going to react. Is faith going to be let loose or is doubt? Is fear and unbelief going to be loose or is faith going to roar? God, you're able. Hallelujah. Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here who hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? <laughs> it's just a Wednesday night. Ain't nobody got no bread. Well, there's all that happened to be one who brought something. Well, what's it going to do when, uh, when everybody else didn't bring nothing? You let God have it. We'll see what it'll do. Hallelujah. You let faith loose and you'll see what'll happen. 
Amen. Faith will strike a heart and it'll grab a hold of a promise. And next thing you know, this one over here grab a hold of it. Hallelujah. And Jesus will walk down and he'll grab what you brought and he'll start breaking it apart. And he'll start multiplying it and giving it out to the others. I want to come every service with what I have. And say, God, take what I have and do more with it. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. There was such a great place. There was much grass in the place. And the men sat down in number about 5,000. And in other places it talks about this was just the men. This wasn't even counting the women and the children. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fish as much as they would. Jesus is unlimited tonight. He's here to break off a, a promise. It's up to you if you want to grab it and take a hold of it. And you grab a hold of it, there's another one right there. He breaks off another one. And he'll feed you until you say, I had enough. He'll give you more and more and more and more and more abundantly. How dare us think we got enough of him? How dare us think we got all of him? <laughs> and Jesus took the loaves, and Brother Brown talks about that little boy who came with his little fish. And he began to tear it off. He said the disciples were talking about it later. He said, We saw him. Take off a piece of bread and put it into our hands. And then we look back, and there was already another piece of bread there. Right. The disciples were pondering. It was like, how? He said, we're not talking about going planting the seed and, and growing it and right. harvesting it and threshing it and turning it into grain and putting it into dough and putting it into an oven and putting it into a platter and cutting it up. It was already baked. It was already done. <laughs> he skipped by all kind of humanity because he was God. And let me give you something tonight. God can do what he wants because he's God. So quit looking at these things as a human and saying, well, I just remember he's God. And he said he pulled it off and he said, not only that, I saw him take a piece of cooked fish and he took it off. He said, now Simon, we've caught a lot of fish. We've, we've had to take them and clean them and gut them and, and, and put them on the fire and cook them. He skipped all of that and he pulled right off another piece of cooked fish. I saw it with my own eyes. Simon said, you know what got me? said, after all of that was done, he fed those 5,000 and all those women and children. It's just amazing. They ate till their bellies were full. And we took up 12 baskets of leftovers. That was a good Thanksgiving right there, wasn't it? 12 baskets of Thanksgiving. 
Why, why would he do that? Why would he? God knows. He knows every fish that ever been born. He knows every chicken. He knows every flea. He knows, every, he knows all about it. So surely God would have knew exactly how much food to make. He would have knew exactly, all right, that's it. That's going to be the last mouthful. There you go. And he would have knew exactly how much it would take. But what was he showing? I'm not just enough. I'm more than enough. Hallelujah. I want you to understand here. You don't have to come in here and just get your belly full. You can walk out with all kind of blessings. Yes, Lord, I'm walking out. It's mine. I got leftovers. Hallelujah. He's not just enough for my need. He's more than enough. He don't have just enough healing. He's got more than enough healing. He don't have just enough mercy. He's got enough mercy to go around and around and around. Oh, let your faith loose tonight to believe he's not just enough. He's more than enough. He's God. He does what he wants to. (laughs) And he's willing to do everything and give us exceedingly abundant, more than we can ever think if we will just let ourselves be turned loose. Let yourself be turned loose in the faith in him where it lays and having faith to believe that not that he's able or he can or he might or maybe he will. For all things are possible to them that believe. He's an inexhaustible fountain of life here tonight to make manifested any divine promise. Woo, Jesus. Oh, God, to make manifest any divine promise. Who needs a promise tonight? He's got enough promises for you tonight that you can be filled up and overflowing. You can be drinking from your saucer because your cup overfloweth. Shaking down, pressed down, running over. He's not just enough. He's more than enough. He's here to prove it. He's here in this service to prove it. That he ain't just enough. He's more than enough. He said he's an inexhaustible fountain of eternal life. To make manifest any divine promise to anybody that will believe it. The only thing you do is just say, God, I drink it. He says, drink it until you can be satisfied that he's done it. You can't exhaust him. He's absolutely inexhaustible. You can just drink, 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 drink your healing, drink salvation, drink. Let him, the thirsty, come and drink. I know he's here, and I know he's here to do the exceedingly abundant. If we will let him do it. A man or a woman, I don't care what condition you're in. You got the authority of God. 
By promise, because he's rich and promised to do exceedingly above. If you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Hello, somebody. You can have what you said. Not what Jesus said, not what a preacher said, not what a prophet said, what you said. Hallelujah. He says, when, that, when it was hands of Jesus could feed 5,000 and take up several baskets full of pieces, how God can multiply what we put in his hands. It's in our hands too much. But when it's in his hands, it multiplies by the thousands. If we can only let him have what little we have, our time... Our attention, our faith, put it in his hands. He said, like our sister sitting here holding one crutch, another sitting in a wheelchair. Precious man sitting there looking at me with a crutch in a wheelchair. Little faith you may have, not very much. But if you can only let it go into the hands of Christ, what could he do with it? Say, so how do I let it go, Brother Timothy? How do I let it go? Speak. The power that worketh in you. Speak. Little faith you have may not be much, but if you can only get it in the hands of Christ, what could he do with it? He said, I'll tell you what he'd do. The wheelchairs would be pushed up against the wall, not needed anymore. Be going down the streets tomorrow praising God, thanking Him for everything that He's done. Maybe many sitting here dying with heart trouble, cancer, whatever it is. In a few days, you might go back to your doctor and you say, Say, what's happened? What is it? What little you had, you gave it to the hands of Christ. And He began to multiply it. The cancer began to leave. The heart went right back to its right place and beat it right there again. Just let Him have it in His hands. <laughs> he said, when I saw him take those five biscuits and two fish and break them, I climbed up on the rock to look over and see how he'd done it. But there was a fish already cooked and bread already cooked when he went back for another piece. He didn't have to grow it. He didn't have to catch it. What kind of Adam did he turn loose? What kind of Adam did he turn loose? He said the same one he turned loose when he turned water into wine. The same one he turned loose when he healed Sister Lana's cancer. The same one he turned loose in Sister Mariah and Sister Karen and Brother Drew and Brother David. It's the same Adam he turned loose in the rejected souls of men and women. He returned, he turned loose the faith of God in their hearts. Oh, let there be hearts arise tonight and say, Father, I may not have much. I don't know I want to do with what I have, but what I have, I give it to you. Now, Bruce, Lisa, to you, Father. And I speak the word. Let the word loose tonight. Let it begin to go out into the, out into the, into the atmosphere and begin to move. What do you think happened when Sister Kimberly came up for Brother Justin? A word of faith was let loose. I want my brother... 
All of a sudden, phew, begin to move. Hello, somebody. The Word began, the Holy Spirit began to seek him out. He knew where he was. Went right straight to where he was at. He can't do nothing unless you release it. Whatsoever you ask and believe, you shall receive. Listen, that rock that David had, it didn't do a bit of good in his bag. He had to put it to work. He had to put it into action. He could have swung it and 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 swung it until he was so tired he couldn't swing another round. Wouldn't done no good. He had to let it go. The promise that was laying there in the promised land. Here's promises for you. Release them. Let them go. It'll kill a Goliath. Let them go. It'll put out a fire. Let them go. It'll shut up the lion's mouth. Let it go. Amen. It'll heal a little girl at home. You say the word and it'll be done. It'll heal a servant laying there. Let it go. It'll set somebody free in prison. If you let the word go, let it loose. Let faith arise in the hearts and say, God, I am letting it go tonight. I'm expecting you to do the exceedingly abundant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. We're giving us, he's given us exceeding great and precious promises. So many wonderful promises. So many promises. Hallelujah. He wants to do the exceeding abundant. There's no prayer too hard for God to answer. There's no problem too hard for him to solve. There's no person too hard for him to save. Let it loose. There's no giant too big. This God is unlimited. He wants to do the exceeding abundant. the healing virtues of Calvary to flow over my wife and heal her body. I turn it loose in the name of Jesus Christ. He's here to do this seed abundantly. He's ready to break off that piece of bread and give it to you. Will you give it to him? 
He's here. Ask what you have need of. His word is true. It will fulfill what he promised. Let it loose. Let that faith rise. Send that rock towards your Goliath. Jesus oh Lord we love you Father Lord we let the power of God be released tonight by the words that we speak the healing virtues of Calvary would just flow the mercy that comes from the throne of God is to flow Lord you can go to the vilest sinner you can go to the most impossible situations God, give us the faith to believe. To hand that two little fish and those five loaves of bread to you and say, Here, Father, I put it in your hands. Now you do what you will. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you believe? All things are possible. Hallelujah. All things are possible. All things are possible. He's just moving right now all over the audience. Hallelujah. Faith is building. Faith is rising. There's people realizing I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I... I don't have to be bound by the devil's lies. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. You're truly an awesome God. Exceedingly abundant. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Just worship Him for a moment. Give Him glory and honor. Speak the word to Him. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you're not just enough, you're more than enough. I can leave here with my basket full tonight. I... Blessed be the name of the Lord.